Truthfully, what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads, and slightly to one side. I think of the old days. You were better off. Because nowadays, they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually, someone's going to be superb. Like nothing. Our education system has mined our minds in the way that we strip mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Hello, listeners, and welcome to China's Education. Episode 52. My name is Chu, and I am an assistant principal at Hongqing Yangwen School in Zhuhai. Mr. Chu,、uh, it's an honor to have you on the China Education Thank you. show today.、Um, I'm quite excited because、uh, normally when、um, I try to speak to Chinese leaders in China who are in the education game. They're either too busy, which we can say for many leaders,、um, they're too nervous because they don't think their English is very good, or number three, they don't want to go on record and say、yeah. anything that might come back to hurt them. Why are you speaking with me today? Yeah, I don't think the conversation get recorded will be hurt anyone. We're just sharing our opinion and ideas. So, and I know everybody is quite busy, but sharing the different aspects is always what we do, right? Do education is spread, spread the ideas.、Mm, fantastic. And、uh, for the listeners, we're now we're not in the、uh, in the research studio today. We're actually in one of、uh, Ronghong or Yunwing schools、mm-hmm. um, in Zhuhai.、Uh, the one that you're going to be assistant principal to is actually moving, isn't it? Starting up. In another part of Chuhai, in a place called Hanqin. So, we're actually listeners in. Would, this would be your first, wouldn't it? The first kind of international school here. We have a kind of the Chinese Ronghong,、mm-hmm. which is a full, fully Chinese school,、mm-hmm. and then we have the international department,、yeah. which is kind of annexed next to the larger Chinese school.、Mm-hmm. This is where we are now. But from September, you're moving and opening another one, or it's going to be moving from here. To there, a lot of confusion. I'm confusing myself. Perhaps you can make that a bit clearer. Sure. And then we're opening a new school、uh, with very obvious international flavor, but it's still not an international school. But the concept of international school,、um, there's a dynamic. And then in the different conversation contexts, that means differently. So one way say,、um, I think the definition for the Hongqing one. That will Chinese school with internet provide or um, in um, combining some international education ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what we're going to be talking about today? We're focusing around the topic of bilingual education、mm. or bilingual schools. Now, within that is a load of different definitions, a load of different types of schools, especially in China, where where we're based now. And there's a myriad of different ones. Quite frankly, I think you could write a thesis、um, on it, and it would need updating、uh, quite regularly. So the school we're in now, which I actually worked in some years ago, 
is the international, we say international section, but the one with some international characteristics, is that still going to be here, Mr Chu, or is that fully moving over to Hanqin? Mm. The international department in the old Yangwen school will stop recruiting more students right. since 2020. And then we, uh, the, the parents voluntarily moved to the Hongqin. Okay. So it turned out there are half of the uh, students will move to Hongqin. And then the rest of students will continue learning at the, the Nanping campus until they graduate. So let's pull back and talk about what bilingual education means. Yeah. Um, let's explore this. How would you define bilingual education or a bilingual school, Mr. Xu? Mm. Um, when we say bilingual school or education, when we translate into Chinese, we call that mm-hmm. And this idea starting like last century, like 19th, um, yeah, 19th. Uh, at that time, they're starting to offer foreign language, like English. They may have more English component mm-hmm. rather than English as a test subject. So that is the first time we heard that, that bilingual school. But currently, the name is sort of come back and it's a change a little bit. The school offer um, their academic subject in both Chinese mm-hmm. and English. So this sounds of how the bilingual school uh, like uh, current, currently. Yeah, and um, I mean, I, I looked at the definition. definition I've been given here is bilingual education is the teaching of academic content in, in two languages, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, in a native and, yeah. a, and in a second language. Mm-hmm. So in this case, we'll be talking about Chinese, native Chinese, and in English being the second languages. But there's varying amounts of each language um, which are used in these different bilingual mm-hmm. schools, and it all depends on the the outcome uh, or the goal of, of the model. Yeah. And I, I think let's start there with Yungwing, because Yungwing is a prestigious school. Of course, Huafa, the, the big real estate company, although it doesn't just do real estate, does it, um, is, is heavily involved. It, it, it owns um, Runghong schools, right? Yeah. yeah. And you guys have been around a long time. 20... 2003, so far it's 18 years old. And, I mean, from my on-the-ground experience, and you can tell that you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, especially with the, the Chinese school, you know, yeah. the large and successful one. How many of those do you have in Zhuhai? Not talking about the bilingual schools now, but like the Ronghong here that's next to us. How many of those do you have in Zhuhai? How many young schools? Yeah. Okay, so the whole Huafa Education Group, their education brand called uh, Yangwei. Mm-hmm. So in Zhuhai, there will be 15 different campuses covering from kindergarten to international high school. Uh, Oh, international high school differently. There's a joint venture between Huafa and Dulwich. And Dulwich, which is the British school uh, that are doing very well here. And Mm -hmm. they've actually, you have a partnership, don't you? They're just over the field here. Yeah. And they offer the, uh, what you would call the um, the high school education, the Mm A-levels and GCSEs. Mm -hmm. And then they're moving with you as well, aren't they, to the new campus? Yeah. Yes. The Dulwich High School will move to the Hongjin and they were still sharing the campus and then um, sharing a lot of... um, Opportunities mm-hmm. the school or Huafa provides. I mean, that looks like a win-win partnership if I've seen one before. Yes, yeah. most of most of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most of the time. And for the listeners that don't know who, I think it'd be a good thing. There's a big statue of him outside of Young Wing. 
Mm. Could you just explain very quickly the idea of Yung Wing, what, what, that, what that is about? Because it's uh, an important story, right? Yeah, you mean the person of yeah. Yung Wing? Yeah. Yes, and then the Yung Wing, um, we call that the father of studying abroad because uh, he is the first person who fully received American education. Uh, when his hometown is in Zhuhai, just a mile away from um, the Yangwen School. Mm -hmm. So for remembering him, so we name after the Yangwen. And then um, the spirit of Yangwen to tell us to combine the best of West and the East. Mm -hmm. And to try the Yangwen as a person, he, went, he graduated from Yao University and then bring a lot of like technology and the new ideas and the back to China and cooperate with the Qing Dynasty government and then they formed the two groups of young children go American for their education so there are very, some famous person uh, for example the father of railway of China Zhan Tianyu mm -hmm. and then they all the group of t students who studies abroad so he is a pioneer Mm. Um, in China history. Yeah, and uh, for anyone who doesn't know Zhuhai or think it doesn't have anything really uh, interesting about it, there you go, there's certainly one uh, clip of history that um, you can read more up on. Um, so, in terms of yourself, mm. Mr. Xu, what's your background? You're not from Zhuhai, are you? No. So just, how did you... Because we met a few years ago, of course, yep. mm -hmm. doing some education yep. uh, activity, mm -hmm. and we've kept in touch ever since. Mm -hmm. I finally got you here. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. give up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, yeah. what brought you to Zhuhai and, and mm. now into this really exciting position? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not from Zhuhai, I'm from a northeast part of China. My hometown is next to North Korea. It's a cold area. Very cold. Yeah, it's not that very. There's a further place. As a cold area, so I went to university in Chongqing and I studied Chinese language and literature. So before I graduate, I'm thinking about whether I can transfer to uh, America or somewhere, study abroad, so I did it. So I didn't really finish my uh, edu bachelor education in China or call it university. And I studied in America and I study, um, learn, teach second, uh, foreign language teaching. Ch teaching Chinese? Teaching Chinese. Okay. Yeah, that's my major. Whereabouts in America? Uh, where it is? Yeah, yeah. Michigan State. Michigan. Yeah. So there is a Confucius Institute. They offer those kind of program. They're everywhere, aren't they, Confucius? Uh, yeah, everywhere. I mean, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we always say, you know, there's Chinese communities all over the world. There's mm -hmm. Confucius Institutes mm -hmm. all over the world. Yeah, spreading, spreading the love of education. A lot of uh, <laughs> university has that. But that one, I think the Michigan State Confucian Institute worked very well. Mm -hmm. They are not only receive the people who come here on a full visit, and they really cooperate with the, uh, the Michigan State University to offer some uh, qualified program to train the qualified Chinese teacher. And then we get teacher qualification in Michigan and teach Chinese immersion program mm -hmm. in uh, Lansing area like where the Michigan State University is. So the immersion program is quite look like today's bilingual education. Mm. The students learn math, Chinese, uh, in Chinese. This is American? American public school. Yeah, American kids. Yeah, American yeah. kids. 
and not a heritage uh, case. They're American, yeah. uh, local, native case. Yeah. And then uh, in half day, and English and the social science in the other half day in English. So this is quite interesting. And yeah. Then, it is, and we'll come back to that later because yeah. we did some digging on, on things like that. Yes, I, I love travel, mm-hmm. so I, I like learning as well. So I went to Scotland for my master's degree. Scotland? Yes. You do like cold places, don't you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Whereabouts? Yeah. Edinburgh? Uh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen, okay. Yeah. Um, at that time, I got get, I get some Scottish accent by now. <laughs> like, I have a daughter named Amelia. Like, sounds like that. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get a master in advanced education studies. Okay. So at, over there, uh, it's brought my horizon from teaching mm-hmm. language to the whole curriculum or education studies. Yeah. So when I return back to China, uh, in the before I joined Yangwei, I do international high school. Mm-hmm. Um, the business sounds like. It's not. Um, I go to different school, help them to build up their international program, prepare Chinese students for American universities. So American led, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Big business. Yeah. So massive business. Yeah, that's true. And then now I joined Young uh, Wing in in four years ago, and I tried to uh, working on basic education like mm. primary and set uh, middle school and doing something about bilingual education or international education um, about the things. Wow, interesting story. And we could obviously talk about that for a long mm-hmm. time, but I know podcasts need to be kept somewhat short. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your schooling when you were up in the north, as you said, and um, you went to school. Did you go for a bilingual education? No. Okay, so you uh, had your standard... Yeah, very standard Chinese. But only experimental is I study to learn English from grade one. That is different. Yeah, yeah, usually at my age and the north part of China, they study learn English at their grade seven. The first they touch Mm. English, so or later than they come to grade three. Yeah, so it's very experimental. Uh, And and that the school that was school wide. So they were experimenting. Let's start children learning English at grade one, yeah? Yes, and only my class doing that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Are you in contact with them still? Is it still there, the school? Yes, definitely. And you yeah. speak with them? Yes. Oh, oh, my, my teacher was the principal of the school. So, but you'd, with that experiment, I mean, we're here today and you're assistant principal at the new school coming up, that, that would suggest it was a, a successful experiment. Um, yeah, I think so. Because yeah. the language learning, even though we are not learn many classes every week, mm. but the language, I think you have to touch it at the mm. beginning. It sounds familiar, and especially when the children were young, you mm. have you have to give them sound. Functionally, they all get the same tongue mm-hmm. and the same the mouth. But why the people can speak English well, especially in the pronunciation mm. for. Um, just like some people don't speak Mandarin properly, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with their tongue and the mouth. They just they didn't familiar the sounds. Well, they're, I can attest to that. That's, yeah. that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not familiar with the sound. Yeah. Uh, why do people get accent, right? So when the children are young, you give them sounds and they print it in their minds and they 
let's store it there. When they start to learn it,、mm-hmm. like computer, they just get、Cut、it. it yeah, 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 I'm 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 there with you on that.、Mm-hmm. Um, this school that you went to, the experiment.、Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite teacher? Do you have a a favorite teacher that sticks out? Um, yeah. And、Tell me. I only remember one teacher. That's right. Who, who was it? <laughs> Just my math, math and Chinese teacher. There's one teacher. Okay. It's more like the homeroom, the contest. Right. Recently, the homeroom already replaced by Chinese teacher,、mm-hmm. math teacher.、Mm-hmm. Right. At my age, they may lack of the teacher, but the homeroom really works well. We learn math, English, a little bit science. At that time, we call that nature,、mm-hmm. all by one teacher. So teacher have advantage to do cross disciplinary. Yeah, yeah. Instead of separating everything. Yeah. Now they separate everything. So that's why some bilingual school, the the current bilingual school, they borrow the ideas from Western world. So for the home, the idea of the of the homeroom, homeroom、yeah. or cross disciplinary. Um, and try to integrate it each other. Tell you what, tough. I'm I'm, I'm a homeroom teacher. Yeah.、Um, tough job. Yeah. Tough, tough job. A lot of time they should pay us more. <laughs> <laughs> We have to do everything. Yes. Yes. You're right. But for Western、um, in the American school,、uh, British school, I've experienced the teachers are trained as a homeroom teacher.、Mm-hmm. But in China, the bilingual educational bilingual school facing the challenges. We may come back later.、Mm-hmm. But a lot of things because the teacher education in China, we're not trained the teacher as a homeroom. We train the teacher as a chi- subject teacher. So recently,、uh, I see a lot of good university. They are offering、um, all all subject teacher、okay. holistic, holistic education. Teacher,、oh, such a lovely word, isn't it? So pink and rosy and fluffy, <laughs>、um, but of course, underneath it, there's a there's a, lo- a lot of challenges、mm-hmm. um, and and a lot of cultural differences, like yeah, you've brought up there. So okay, what was the name of your favourite teacher? Ah,、uh, Tang 老师 There you go, Mr.、Mm. Tang. Yeah, Mr. Tang. Miss Tang. Miss Tang. Miss Tang. It's a lady. It's a lady.、Yeah. And she, you remember her because you did lots of different things. Yes, and then、uh, we have a great writing program, reading program. Um, and then she is the friend of my mom. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we still have contact. I, in the Chinese New Year, I went to her home and get banyan. And she still lives up north. Yes. Okay. Well,、um, shout out for、um, uh, Tang Laoshi.、Um, now, Mr. Chu is on China Education. Wonderful, and I'm sure she'd be really、um, honoured and proud to hear you say yeah. that. Yeah. Many years ago, although maybe you're not that old. <laughs> yeah, really, twenty、anyway. yeah. years ago. Yeah, goes quick. More、it? than twenty years ago.、Yeah. Oh、let's, let's not. Let's not. Now, let's think. More than twenty years ago, I want to focus now on this massive rise in these bilingual schools in in China.、Mm. Maybe they have been around, but no more so in the rise of China as a country,、um, in the urbanisation of China.、Um, this this sore of Capitalistic socialism that we're seeing, and I've lived through it. I've seen the massive changes, no more so than in the education centre. And I think they frame it from looking at the researches. They call it the development of China's international Chinese-owned private schools. They call them ICPSs. Oh, they have their own name. 
There's so many names, so many acronyms. But ICPSs are international Chinese-owned private schools. Oh. So I guess what that means, it, could we frame the school? What's the name of the school you're going to be assistant principal to next year again? What's the name? Yungwing... Hangqing Yungwing School. Hangqing Yungwing School. So there's no international in the name. No. And the school I'm in as well at the moment, there's no international. And that's for a good reason, of course. The reason is because one of the reasons is the children that are allowed to enrol in the school can be Chinese national passport holders as well as non-Chinese national passport holders. Whereas legally, if you want to have the word international in your name, I've been told, then you are only allowed to accept international passports and not Chinese native passports. Is that right, Mr. Yes, you're okay. right. Okay, so I guess these ICPSs, ICPSs, ICPs, they're, uh, they're Chinese-owned, they're private, but they may have an agreement with a foreign entity that can come in and provide certain things and create a win-win mm-hmm. situation. The best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. So why are they becoming so successful? What are the reasons for this? One of the reasons I got here, and I'm going to let you talk because this is your podcast, not mine, is that Chinese parents, and especially actually we've got to bring in this whole COVID pandemic type of thing in it, it's harder to move around now. Mm-hmm. So, I guess in a way, one of the advantages of these ICPs mm-hmm. is Chinese parents, yeah, they want to keep their children maybe closer to home mm-hmm. um, prior to going to, say, a university abroad, and yet still receive an education that prepares them for university studies abroad, for example. And that's got to be one thing, perhaps. Mm-hmm. What are the other ones, do you think? Yeah, I think this for pandemic reason, there's only a small part of that. Mm-hmm. Before the pandemic happens, the those ICP something already growed. Sorry, ICP somethings. That's great. We're going to keep calling them ICP somethings. That works because they're ICPSs. So brilliant. Yes, go on, Mister Chu. Carry yeah. on. And they already um, grow, and it happened massively and dramatically. Their um, growth very crazy, and then they're. I think is why you say the very successful as a business. They may be they're very su- successful because a lot of investor investor money in this area. Hmm. But I don't think the program as an education program is successful because mm. everyone is experimenting something. That word experiment's going to come back again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Everyone is trying something. We don't know if they were successful, and we don't know how to define the successful. Cause there's no a evaluation or assessment for this kind of school. So the reason they grow, I think, we have to, from the marketing perspective, the demand is growing. Mm-hmm. So we need to think about why the parents want to send their children to this kind of school. Uh, in my mind, there will be two reasons. The first will be the the parents are looking for some higher quality education, mm-hmm. and another will be they're looking for some diverse education. Mm, good so, one, yeah, diversity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is the two reasons. When I say higher quality, it doesn't means the public school is not. Uh, good. Mm-hmm. So you know that some rich people or middle class people, they always, the nature of their motivation have to be better than others and then they can get a job. 
if the public school is for everyone,、mm-hmm. how they can ensure their children get a better education、mm-hmm. and get a better job? Yeah. So they're trying to looking something, and then those Western brand give their image. They may provide a better education, and the tuition as a customer they thought is is more expensive. They may more quality.、Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like customer psychology. Yeah, mindset. Yeah, make it it happened so that people try to do this、um, and diversity.、Um, Some those middle class parents they don't want their children suffering, learning, repeating, memorizing、mm-hmm. the same thing again and again. So they are looking for some different. I the only can say the different, no good or bad. So different way of education, different mode to educate their、uh, children. So those schools feel fulfill their imagination. <laughs> <Yeah> . <laughs> Yes, that's why、well, I hope you're going to be fulfilling their imagination.、Um, but you're right; it's not always maybe the right decision or or, or what they they're seen to be advantageous for. Are you looking to further your career in education? Teach Now offers convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach Now for Teach Now. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers, get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. On the flip side, I was thinking about this because. We all come from our own angles. We all have our eyesight, and that's built on what we've experienced and what we believe to be true.、Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just the other day in the shower or something, I was just thinking, what if I was in England、mm-hmm. and my boys? Well, I was in England with my boys, and I thought, hey, why don't I put them into a predominantly Chinese-speaking school? They'll get to speak English sometimes, but you know we can do the English bit at home. There are some schools already, right? Yeah, and, and、uh, yeah, there's some reasons that there are, but I've never really thought about that. And if I've truly thought about, would I fully immerse my children in England in a Chinese school? To me, at first thought, it would seem nonsensical.、Mm-hmm. Um, but it's extremely popular here in China. And as you said, it's actually well. It, doing the research, it's becoming even more popular in the in the West as well. You've mentioned there's a kind of a brand to it, an image. I'd say like an ostentation of social status. Oh my, child! And with the school I'm at now, you can almost see it's、uh, a lifestyle. Yeah. Not for the student mind. Yeah. That's not important.、Mm-hmm. It's the lifestyle of myself and where I put my child into.、Mm-hmm. That's really quite. I can't get my head round to that. But I can't get my head around a lot of things, Mr. Chu, in today's crazy world. Yeah, and then the the parents. Yeah, there are some parents think about that. One day have their ladies' meeting, ladies' night, and say, where your children go to <laughs> for school? And say public school. Ah, yeah. My children go to some certain school. They may have that.、Uh, just so there are some crazy rich people. There, there are, and、um, I never forget a conversation I had、uh, with someone who was extremely rich, and、uh, they said, "Oh, their their son was in university in England." I said,、oh, "I'm from England. Which university?" I said, "I don't know, but it's the most expensive one."、Mm. And I think when you that sentiment 
says a lot. Um, and of course, there's a lot of rich people now in, in China, yeah. right? So, of course, if you're rich, doesn't mean necessarily you know really what you're talking about. No. Yeah. <laughs> but that is a subject for another time. Let's get back to, to the pluses again of this bilingual style of putting your children in bilingual education. Mm-hmm. The best of both worlds um, is one we, we hear a lot of. There is, like you were saying, more diversity, maybe where a Chinese student can follow a more Western style of, of pedagogy, have that kind of homeroom teacher model. Um, and then later on, and I think this is one of the big build-ups for Chinese parents, is they can then have a step up towards globally mm-hmm. going to a global university, a university in America or yes. an Ivy League or a mm-hmm. you know, top university in England, for example. Mm-hmm. That's also, is it not, on the minds of an elementary parent who's putting their children deciding where to put them, right? Mm. Yep, they definitely one of the reason. But now, not all the parents think about. Um, I do some admission job and talk to the parents as well. Uh, especially in the primary school, the parents doesn't really think they will send their children abroad for university. Or even they say, I will not send my children study abroad, mm-hmm. but I still love my children can um, get can speak English because mm-hmm. um, the OECD and all other um, organization in their research they found in the 21st century or even 22nd uh, century if we get there yeah the, the well, we won't but if the world gets to the 22nd century yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. yeah if that would just uh, talk about 21st century yeah. skills and uh, for, uh, can speak a foreign language can understand uh, the people from different culture background and the respect and tolerance, mm-hmm. uh, empathy with the people with the different uh, aspects and background. Yeah. There's always a key and a core skills the student to learn. I think those kind of school, the bilingual school, uh, also offer that opportunity. And I think that's a very nice way to put it, mm-hmm. actually, especially the, the empathy and becoming an international citizen you know we're living in a more globalized world Mm -hmm. however advantageous or disadvantageous that might mean um but having children that grow up with an awareness a bigger awareness i think is is a is a very good point doing some other reading i see there's also a sentiment isn't there that in the early years chinese parents still want to keep that chinese foundation Mm -hmm. But still have, like you said, some Western pedagogy and, and, and some understandings on a broader sense of what goes on outside of China. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have that solid foundation, especially in speaking yeah. and writing Mandarin or Cantonese, mm-hmm. is a very difficult you know, language yes. to learn. Mm-hmm. And if you can do it like you're saying when you're younger, then, then the brain's more open. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's something as well. So I think what I can see, because I've worked, well, I'm working in... I've, I've experienced it for myself, the different types of styles of bilingual education, is that Jungwing very much does focus on making sure that solid Chinese culture uh, foundation is there for the younger children, right? Yes, you're right. And then when I say bilingual school is, um, for example, bilingual Chinese and English, they always have which take the dominant, right? Which language take the dominant yeah. of the, uh, the school language. So Yangwing is the Chinese... We, the language policy, we call that native language is a priority. Mm-hmm. And then at the main well, we developed the second language. 
So, um, and the Chinese language is not a easy to learn. So we spend like six years to learn how to write, how to recognize the words. Um, so th this foundation is hard to build up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for our school, the Hangqin Yangwen School, why with the strategy we put the Chinese as a priority? That's because we want to, um, how say, their native language is the key to develop a student's cognitive skills. So how we think, how we see the world, how we organize our thoughts, that's a lot of time they depends on their native language, so their mother tongues. So um, I'm, I'm not sure if you read a story named 1980, 1984. Mm. Sadly, yes. I know, yes, yeah. yes, there's a very sad story. <laughs> <laughs> but at that, the big boss, the big brother, mm. and the limited use of the language. Mm. They don't say code and worm. They just say code, less code, <laughs> and not code. Mm. They're using the stress of limited people's language to limit their thoughts so that people will not fight back. Mm. So this is an extremely example but uh, if the children, their English is not strong enough, and then they will limit their thought to think. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know how to say it, so I don't, I don't say, I say it. it, I don't yeah. think, think, think about that. Um, I also found it from the high school as well. Why do the high school um, education, um, international high school education, when the students write SAT uh, mm -hmm. essays or some deeper essays, they, I would say, their language is very simple and they could not explain complex, com complex ideas. Mm. So I found that problem and then do some research and collect some data. So I found it, also read some journals. Mm -hmm. They have strong connection. So I start back to offer Chinese um, literature and uh, analysis mm -hmm. and the review. From their native... Yeah, using your native thought processes. Yeah. Yes. So, and mm. then the, in the second year, I can find they know what you see. Sometimes the writing is not because their English is bad, mm -hmm. because they could not think about it. Mm. They don't know what to see. So all the cognitive uh, development high, highly, not fully, highly depends on their native language. Talking about the, this split, the balance, because in bilingual education we're dealing with two languages, as we said. School I'm at now works on a 70-30 model. 70% English, 30% Chinese. Now I know from my time here, that's different here. Yeah. Is it going to be different in the new school that's opening? What's the balance going to be, Mr. Chu? In the new school, the balance will be 50 to 50. Okay. Um, the, the 15, not the instruction time. In the instruction time, English will be a little bit less, like mm -hmm. a 40. But we, how we make up the other 10 is we set up the uh, environment. So the strategy in the next three years is to build up, uh, facilitate immersion English learning and living environment. That is the strategy for our school. Okay. So build up a facilitate 
Emergent English Learning and Living Environment. Oh, imagine what the acronym for that's going to be. There's a lot of letters in that. We'll, we'll have to work <laughs> the, that the, out. The, Listeners can work that one out. Just, just Emergent Environment. English Emergent Environment, yeah. yeah. So this one, uh, the first word is a facilitate. So we're not put the students in the environment. We have to facilitate them. When they need to ha- we need to identify their needs yes. and help them out. Yeah, don't just chuck them in. Yes. Mm. And then the second keyword is immersive. So we try to use English. We, we have English classroom um, and then some posters and then we English days, those um, kind of things. Mm-hmm. We try to provide more opportunity for students to expose in English. And another uh, keywords will be living and learning. So students are not only learn in the school, they also live in the school. They almost spend like 80% of their awake time mm-hmm. at school. So it is a very valuable time. Mm, yeah. 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 So how we help the student to live in the school, like social emotional learning, and then take care of them to how to play and integrate it to conversation, uh, having lunch, having snacks, a lot of things. That's a living environment for yes, the children. Yes, the, well. the kind of soft background stuff, um, which you bring up now, and I wanted to touch on maybe a little bit later, go into more detail. But okay, so 50 50, I, I, I like that. Kind of makes sense. Bilingual, two languages, 50 50. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, they're uh, they 50 50, not equally split. So, like Chinese and the math still would be taught in Ch- fully in Chinese. Yeah, well, that's not like the 50 English math, 50 Chinese math. It doesn't work. No. So, um, bec- uh, sometimes because of teacher's language barrier or the people naturally how to cooperate with each, with each other, mm-hmm. they always teach math teacher teach in Chinese and English. A lot of times that, that doesn't work. No. Sounds good, but yeah. in reality. Yeah, a reality. They may, they may have very work for a long time and they're good friends, they don't have conflicts. Yeah. The language is can fluent, that, that's okay. But a lot of time they could not cooperate. So because of math and Chinese develop the children's cognitive skills, mm-hmm. so we, we put it in Chinese and then they don't want to hidden students' uh, academic and cognitive development by language obstacles. Is it not also because you think Chinese teachers are better at teaching maths than non-Chinese teachers? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, no. that's the worldwide stereotype, isn't the it? You read these studies from Singapore and things like that, and it's clear that the way the Chinese do maths is a lot better, it's more efficient. Um, maybe in Sometimes the early years. Sometimes the language. You know, mm. uh, English language is... It's not that, how is it, um, friendship for learning math, like yeah. uh, French. French is, is not friendly at all for math. Mm-hmm. When they name the number, they have times or plus yeah. something. So, what, for example, I taught immersion programming in, China, uh, in America, so I use Chinese to teach math. Mm-hmm. The performance, the outcome is better than the non-Chinese immersion mm-hmm. program classes. Because they, I asked them why you think that's easy. Because they say counting for grade one students. They say counting is so easy in Chinese. 
the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they're the same. But Chinese from eleven, they call shiyi.、Mm-hmm. So the renaming system starting from ten.、Mm-hmm. English renaming system from twenty.、Mm-hmm. So the children, one the children from ten to eleven and twelve, and they say what happened. But the shi, shiyi, shia,、mm-hmm. this comes very naturally for very young children. They have also a research experiment、um, compare American children and Chinese children. Uh, their counting ability before three, four, and five. So the counting easy, and for times we have pyramid, pyramid、mm-hmm. like steps things we call the 九九乘法表 In English, there's no nothing there. So why teach them? This is just so easy. Yeah. Sometimes it's because the language. I think, and and the language are one of the biggest challenges of a bilingual. Strategy、um, language is at the forefront, isn't it? Dealing with two,、mm-hmm. um, but again, I think we could talk. I'd like to, but not in this podcast about maths. And to the maths teachers listening out there, they're probably wanting to say something too about this because it's fascinating. And I think you see all these studies that the media like to talk about, and it basically says that Chinese know what they're doing when they teach maths, and non-Chinese don't. But I think if we go deeper, there's a lot more to take out of there that I think both we can all learn from. Yeah, but not today. But interesting that you're doing maths fully in Chinese.、Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea in this environment when they go to do the Chinese exams through the Education Bureau every year.、Mm. Um, they're in Chinese,、mm. so hey, you want to teach a child how to do well in a Chinese exam?、Mm. Probably good. They're learning most of the time in Chinese, right? All right. It's uh, it's not um, <laughs> it's not that difficult really to work that one out. Yeah, and then there's another topic: why, how we. Evaluate a、um, bilingual school. There's no evaluation, or、mm-hmm. there's only evaluation, or the the parents can can say is the, the Chinese Education Bureau assessment. This this unfair for those bilingual schools.、Very、for true, example,、yeah. your school, you taught math in English. The children may can do that, but they are not familiar with the language yeah, system, language. right? Yeah, it's an unfair playing field、um, in terms of yes, evaluation. Well, that will be interesting to see, won't it? How that changes over the years. Yeah.、Um, here's some big numbers for you before we get into the next section. Yeah.、Um, international Chinese private schools in China, or Chinese private with some international kind of stuff. Yeah. ICPs, somethings, as you said.、Um, leading cities in China for this option for Chinese families,、uh, giving this type of international style education, this bilingual best of both worlds. Would you believe Shanghai is the place with the most? They've got、mm. over 170 of these types of schools,、yes. probably even more now.、Um, Beijing second、mm-hmm. um, with over 140. Shenzhen's the next.、Uh, no surprise really there. Over、mm-hmm. 55. Guangzhou over 47. And then Chengdu,、uh, see. Yeah, Chengdu been... is very popular city now. Zhuhai,、um, of course, nowhere near、um, at the moment. <laughs> but then there's some good reasons for that. International schools established throughout China and more developing. And again, I don't know if that is a fully international one, but I think it's probably these ICPs. Yeah. So the Chinese-owned ones, five hundred and sixty-three.、Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's many more.、Um, Only five hundred. Yeah, five hundred sixty-three. I think.、Uh, Those ICPs, including inter- the fully international,、yeah. they become like a、uh, thousand, more than a thousand now. 
And then students, primarily Chinese locals, which is the predominant um, set, isn't it? When you look at your school or my school, I'm mostly Chinese. And now enrolled in these ICPs, uh, nearly a quarter of a million. And I'm sure absolutely more than that Mm -hmm. now. Um, Data just changes every day. So that might be a complete waste of time. Uh, Mr. Chu, let's move on now um, to the best bit, because we've talked about, you know, this lovely thing that we're all doing we're all working in bilingual education and mm-hmm. you know your child's going to see the best of both worlds and their minds so so plastic they can just absorb everything and they'll be speaking chinese and speaking english that's and, the vision and going to whatever university they want and that's um, the imagination learning lots of money and uh, and parents can talk about them and be so proud of them that's a vision um and i'm not saying that we're not seeing that because there are some very successful bilingual schools not just in china of course mm-hmm. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of the challenges and the negatives to this type of model. I'll start with this analogy. If I had two bottles of water, mm-hmm. uh, which we have on the table, one is uh, Chinese uh, mm-hmm. curriculum and, and the things that you want the, the Chinese child to, to know about, and then here on the other bottle we have a, a Western-type pedagogy, what we want to influence from the West, British curriculum, for example, Mm-hmm. And then we have an empty bottle here in the middle. Mm-hmm. Now, bilingual education, in a way, probably in an ideal world, you're trying to pour this bottle of water and that bottle of water into mm-hmm. this one bottle of water and hope that you're not going to spill anything. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, from what I've seen and what I've read and spoken to people about who are involved in these experiments, mm-hmm. is that there is a lot of water spilling mm-hmm. in different ways. Yeah. And would you agree that if this is really going to work that both sides maybe have to give up a little bit of water from their own bottle in order to actually pour it in from both sides mm. in the nicest, mess, messiest way. I love your metaphor. Uh, I have another one. <laughs> <laughs> There's not two bottles of water. Oh no, he's just pulling another one out, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, why I do the bilingual education or international education, I think we are looking for a container, the shape of the bottle mm-hmm. from Western, how we put shape, uh, that means how we deliver the content, how we put the content in. Mm-hmm. And another bottle is about the standards and content, what the student exactly, um, what, what the student to learn. So the bottle is how the student learn. So I'm looking for um, how we should deliver the knowledge and cultivate the student skills from Western. Because the learning science is also a kind of science. So um, I think Amer- uh, American or British, they researched there for many years and the good universities, they do s- some research already. Mm-hmm. Like the Finland, they have phenomenon-based uh, learning inquiry-based learning, yes. project-based learning, all those kind of learning methodology from Western. So when we borrow that, the people will call that international education. Mm-hmm. But actually, that is only how we teach the children, right? Okay, so we find the bottle, how we teach the children bottle here. And then we look like what the Chinese national curriculum want um, the school want the student to learn. Mm. The Chinese national curriculum is more focused on the content. They, they write very specific 
um, what students learn and how they learn. Oh no, how they achieve like their goal. So that's kind of the water, bottle of the water. That's a, is the water I put in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, I explained that to clear. Yes, thank you for that. That's nice. So that third bottle wasn't needed. The Chinese national curriculum. I mean, let, let's just talk about that. I suppose, and it's a challenge that I'm seeing at the moment is we take that national curriculum、mm-hmm. and we translate it into another language, such、mm-hmm. as English.、Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think that has a lot of again, it's a language challenge,、mm-hmm. um, which adds. Another challenge to many challenges of starting a school and in, in a new place and、um, from scratch and uh, and、um, and having these these two languages and, and cultures、yeah. that are broadly very different in lot scopes. But I think you mentioned that you translate the Chinese textbook into English and to teach. Now there's a problem is how we learn how Western people and the Chinese people learn Chinese are differently.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Chinese learn math. Uh, abstractive. The, we learn numbers and then not very visualized.、Mm. I why taught in America when we teach the number and then to compare the big number, small number. We really to collect the leaves. There are a lot of leaves in the fall to say how that is how many ten leaves in this jar. Yeah, that's how many hundred leaves in this jar. That's how many a thousand leaves. And also have some use a little、um, stickers and stick on the wall, and give the visualized, the pictureized.、Um, yeah, concept, visual. Yeah, yeah, concept. To the American and Western people use that way to learn. Very、math. true. Yeah. Yes, and the Chinese people, we don't really do that.、Yeah. We just think. So this, and one day to make the textbook. They don't use those methods.、Uh-huh. So when you teach this te-、uh, Chinese math textbook, you're not familiar how the textbook edit. So they're not using object to like the student to see. Oh, that is how many. They use the different numbers. Yeah, it's just very ab- abstract. Yeah, that, and that as a as a good point. That you make there,、um, maybe there is a chance to perhaps teach with all these domains using the non-abstract and the abstract. I mean,、mm-hmm. certainly from where I where I am at the moment, we're saying we start with the visuals, we start with the physical representations,、mm-hmm. and then we move slowly down the gradient and we bring in the abstractness.、Mm-hmm. Who's to say it doesn't work just starting with the abstract? Well, clearly it does. I mean, here there is a quote from one of these articles. A lot of people, Mr. Chu, accuse the Chinese education system of being rigid and all about cramming,、um, but it also guarantees, does it not, that students can achieve better academic scores, especially in majors such as maths and science. You guys are going to be doing Chinese maths, and that's it. There's not going to be any English、um, around it. No fluffiness, straight in, abstract. If you're an English-speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job, get a visa to teach abroad, or most importantly, to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30-plus students, then reach now to Teach Now and secure a professional U.S. District of Columbia license in as little as nine months. Online in no time, low cost, high quality. Teach Now. Get in the game.
Immediately receive a $100 discount off your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu forward slash China Jedi. May the smile be with you.